Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. What is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I'm Cameron Lee. And I am Joey Christopoulos, and today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. Now, look, you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. Like, perhaps, maybe you took the Giants to cover today in Week 2. How dare you? You sneaky, sneaky, but you made some money. And look, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Heart Attacks. Do you want one? Watch the 2020 Bears. Cameron, Bears win 17-13 over the Giants week two. How are you feeling? Welcome to the pod. What are we talking about today? You know, I really hope that we don't just come out and and this podcast just really hit the ground running and we're firing on all cylinders and then we just crap out by the back half. You know, at minute 30, minute 40, we just sound like we don't want to be there anymore and we're just holding on for dear life. Will it end? Can it get over before we say something terrible and get canceled and... That, you know, that's really what I'm hoping that we're able to do. Just survive this podcast, like much like the Chicago Bears and their performance today. Ball security, pod security. That's just what we have to think about in the second half of this pod. Cameron, strong first half, confusing, heart-wrenching, thrilling, and in the end, successful second half. Just your general take on the Bears' win, and now they're 2-0. This offense, this whole team is so Jekyll and Hyde, and we said it. We were saying it after the recap of last week, how this team looked so different from the first three quarters of week one to the fourth quarter. And then this game was almost the exact opposite. Through the first half, this offense was rolling. I loved uh, some of the stuff that they were scheming up uh, in the run game. They were getting very creative, lots of motions, lots of different things. The running game looked great again. We are throwing the ball well avoiding we're hitting a lot of the keys that we mentioned and things that they need to do to be successful having a lot of success on second down avoiding third down as much as possible and having manageable third downs and then we get to the second half and the the wheels started to fall off a little bit this offense sputtered in many ways but the bears are two and oh and uh you know that's all we can really can really ask for i guess at this point right I'm happily but eternally frustrated. I'm a Bears fan. It's here. The NFL season is officially back. Look, Bears are 2-0. and They came away with a win that they should have picked up, that they did pick up. But let's be honest, when it was 17 to nothing, the offense, like you said, was cruising the way that it was. I started feeling like we had a chance to put this game away and do that thing that good teams do. Put teams away, put the hammer down, go away, winning running away, and we just weren't able to do it, and it just looks like we have a lot more work to do. I'm happy that we're 2-0, and but a lot to talk about on this pod today, positive and definitely negative. Definitely, and I think we could start. I always want to start with that offense, and, and I think that, like we mentioned early on, there was a lot of good stuff there from an offensive standpoint. Their ability to run the ball, a lot of the, the get, getting the ball in the hands of different players, you know, they were spreading it around, utilizing this, uh, this offense in a lot of creative ways. And I love that we were seeing early on a lot of different motions. The running game reminded me so much of 2018. It was exciting. 
it was the, the defense really didn't know where to go. Um, and it, and it, it looked awesome. And I just, I, I think it helped. I help it helped out Mitch in so many ways and his ability to, to get rolling offensively, because I don't think he was ever in too bad of a position. And that's exactly what we, what we talk about every episode is just make it easy. You know, don't, don't make anything too difficult for this offense. And, and it was really, really good for a while. I definitely want to get into the third downs. They started off seven of eight on the day, finished, I believe, two of eight for nine of 16 overall. And the box score, that looks pretty good, but not good enough. I want to get into that, but let's stick with the running game real quick. 135 yards rushing on the ground. And let's just talk in general about, you know, we'll get to Dave Montgomery in the second half and how he was able to literally save the game for us with, I believe, three fantastic runs. But let's talk about that offensive line and this sudden three-headed monster. I think for the most part, Nagy called a pretty decent game for himself, and he was able to utilize three different guys. Tree Cone was the quiet guy today, but Cordero Patterson had some great runs. Montgomery was out there. Let's just stick with that right now because that is something that we can definitely at least hang our hat on offensively. Definitely, and I think that was one of the things that we were unsure about heading into this heading into this season. The offensive line has looked great through two weeks. Granted, I don't think that they've played stellar defensive fronts, but serviceable ones, and they have come out and they've performed well. They look like a cohesive group under the direction of Coach Juan Castillo. I like the way they're getting a great drive off the ball. They're playing. They're covering guys up. They're making good reach blocks. They're able to to block these zone concepts. The motion that they're able to create creates a lot of misdirection and holds linebackers in their places, which makes you know these second-level blocks easier to get to and easier to reach. And they have running backs that run downhill at different tempos, hit the right holes, play with different styles, but ultimately it's nothing too crazy. It's nothing too gimmicky. They're just going out there and executing a nice game plan, a nice vertical running, running style for the most part. They get some side-to-side action when necessary, uh, when they need to get those longer stretch plays. But for the most part, it's been pretty basic, and it's it's been a lot of fun to watch all three of those guys, uh, whether it be Montgomery or Patterson or Cohen or even the fourth running back, really, Mitch Trubisky. You know, they, they've utilized him in different ways. And, you know, he may not be the guy that we want to get 10 carries a game, but even the threat of him... You know, put, pulling down the ball and pulling one down and running, it, it matters, you know, and it keeps defenses on their heels. And I think it's been really effective, and it's going to contribute uh, to to their success if they're able to keep doing this. Trubisky with his legs, a little good, a little bad at times. I liked what I saw, but I want to ask you, in terms of the offensive line giving Trubisky a pocket, felt like they did a pretty great job. You know, four sacks today for the Giants, but it sort of felt like that was more on Trubisky unable to find an open receiver holding on the ball for too long, trying to make a play and getting sacked. You must have liked what you saw from the offensive line from the pass protection standpoint. Yeah, definitely. There was one sack that was on the tight end. I believe it was Komet. And I know that there was a sack that for sure was on Mitch not getting the ball, even when we had a check down. I think it was Darnell Mooney running an under route. He may not have been the go-to route, but we would rather have you with a short completion than a sack. There's going to be sacks. It happens. But I thought ultimately the the – they did provide a pretty solid pocket. There's times where, uh, where, um, you know, there will be th- those times where they're able to get home. But for the most part, I think that offensive line held up. 
and Mitch seems to be playing with more confidence like we talked about in the second half last week. We saw more of that, and it's we saw earlier on in the game. When Mitch feels safe back there, when that offensive line is able to provide him that pocket, that space, that time, he makes better throws. And it's not just making the right throw, it's making the right throw in the right spot on the right time. And I think that contributed largely to him getting on a roll early and having much more success passing the game or, or passing the ball early on. So let's talk about Mitch and talking about what you were saying about getting rolling early on. I did a little homework on this one. I watched the game back. I did it really quick, guys. So I might be off on a couple of numbers here because there's not exactly final game stats for all this stuff out yet officially. But we've talked a lot on this pod about second and third down. Is I tracked almost all of the down and distances of second and seven or higher that the Bears had because traditionally they were running the football on first down almost on, on the regular, almost once to 80% of the time. But on second down, I've noticed here just real quick, Second and 16, quick pass to Tariq Cohen for 16 yards. Second and 15, quick pass to Cordell Patterson for nine yards. You know, he took a sack on a second and eight, but then after that, hit Darnell Mooney on a second and seven. You know, hangs back, kind of drills Cole Komet for 12 yards on a second and seven. You know, it looked like they were just trying to get the ball out of his hands early, and that sort of led to the success of the confidence with Mitch, the offensive line, and that seemed to be working for them early on. And that's what we talked about every week, it seems like. You know, we're not asking Mitch to make huge downfield throws to get him to be able to have the confidence to make those throws. Sometimes it's just a matter of stepping back, firing the ball at the line of scrimmage, making a throw that is easy and manageable, letting those good players, you know, make something happen. Let them be explosive once they catch the ball. It doesn't always have to be throwing the ball 15, 20 yards downfield. Just let them set, throw, and let those guys work, let him build his confidence, and go from there. I think that, combined with an effective running game, is where we see that confidence to take those big, those bigger shots later on. And, and in those second-down situations, it was really cool to see this team. Sometimes they might be second and eight or even a little bit longer, like you said, and they're going to those options. They're not panicking. It was really cool and really nice to see them feel confident in, hey, we can run here or we can throw short here and we trust that these guys will make something happen. And I think that was a big part of it rather than, you know, just having to second and eight, second and 10, second and 12, oh, we're going to drop back and try and throw for that first down now. They trusted that they would get there with their next two plays and they did often early on in the game. And the problem was in the second half, in my estimation, they did not stick to that. Let's roll to the third quarter real, real quick with these second down situations. Second and nine play action pass. Trubisky tries to fit it into a window, gets picked off. After that, second and seven, they roll him out. He hits Mooney on a completion that Mooney almost fumbles. And then in the fourth quarter, rolls out again on a second and 11, picks up 12 yards with his legs. Positive play there. And then second and nine, gets a nice schematic play from Nagy, but overthrows Demetrius Harris. So they sort of went away from it. Do you think that was a combination of the Giants kind of sniffing out that quick pass? Or do you think it was maybe more the Bears maybe getting, I don't know, I almost felt like they got too aggressive where they started taking these shots, going for these 50-50 balls at times when they sort of got away from what made them successful in the first half. Yeah, I think that, you know, when you get that, that amount of confidence, like, hey, we can do this, sometimes you want to go out there and take that shot and be the aggressor. And I, you have to give it to, to Nagy and the play callers that, you don't always want to just sit back and say, hey, that things are working. We're just going to continue to do this. Sometimes you want to see a team step up and take a shot downfield and step on the defense's throat or, or you know, take the game and, and take it in, into your hands or whatever it may be. So in some ways, I think that's great that you're going out there and trying to take the shot. But 
you know, this team had a formula that was working and, and sometimes it, it doesn't necessarily help to go away from it. And in the first half, picking up first downs on second down, but overall Trubisky five of nine on second down and long one interception, one sack taken. So not super great third downs real quick. So third downs, nine of 16, but in the first quarter, again, you know, third and five, you know, Trubisky throws a dime, like a layout that uh, is a catch for Allen Robinson for a first down. Nice play there. Third and six, was the David Montgomery touchdown pass. Rolled out there, found him. Montgomery made a great play, got in the end zone there. Again, third and six, uh, end zone, great pass to Anthony Miller. He almost makes the same catch he made against the Lions the week before. Incomplete, but a pretty decent dime there. And then third and two, perfect hit to Jimmy Graham for 18 yards. Third and six, incomplete to Miller, but he wasn't really kind of open. So, you know, third and six, we were getting stuff done there, and Trubisky was able to make some throws. You know, it sort of just happened in that third quarter where – and again, real quick, third and eight was Mooney uh, to end the half. You know what I mean? That was on a third and eight too as well. And then the second half, things just started to become more of a struggle for him. He wasn't able to hit his throws. And these are the down and distances that we've been talking about. And unfortunately, you know, this is the stuff that we've been asking for, for Trubisky. And he just seems to be inconsistent in these particular areas when you need a quarterback to be above average. I think one of the things that I took away from this game was if you ever saw Mitch forcing the ball anywhere this game, he was always forcing it to Allen Robinson, which I think tells you a lot about the way he views Allen Robinson. But it seemed like any time I thought to myself, ooh, that wasn't a ball I would have thrown, it was to Allen Robinson. And that ended up being the, the pick, I believe. But Third and four. Third and four, right? It was to Allen Robinson. And there was times, time and time again, I was, I thought, man, he's really trying to tight, throw that ball into a tight window. And he had a couple times where they were able to pull it off. I think it was the first one that they, the first Robinson completion where he was throwing the ball into some tight windows, which was impressive. But I also thought, you know, in these situations, we might need to start going to other guys because I, I love the way that Bradbury played Robinson today. I thought he played a heck of a game coming down with that, the interception, I mean, he he was a he was a tough defender all day, and uh, I I do think though that is something worth noting. How much faith, I guess, almost you if if uh, if you want to put it that way, that Mitch had in going to AR, but it was a little a little scary some of the windows that he was putting him in, and I think he put the team in, in some bad situations. It feels a little forced, right? Because even you know in those third and fourth quarters, he was able to roll out and find some guys. You know, Javon Wims came up with a couple of great catches today. That was really great to see. But again, forcing it to A-Rob on that third down, that third and four was a problem. The biggest one that I had a problem with was four minutes left to play in the fourth quarter, third and one. Nagy calls for an empty set, and Trubisky gets his ball batted down at the line of scrimmage, which was going to be another forced ball, which we're talking about to Jimmy Graham. I thought Nagy called a pretty clean game, but what did you think about that call? At that time, the way that Trubisky was trending, I don't know why we were throwing the ball on third and one there. Yeah, I feel like that in that situation, you know, they may have been expecting to go with more of a traditional run look because obviously they had had so much success with it and it was working. So maybe you're trying to go against the grain and, and get a little creative, but I would have liked to have seen them just continue to press on that run game, which had been working and uh and you know take the game maybe take the decision out of out of that you know out of our struggling quarterback's hands yeah and look he was eight of 13 on third down through two touchdowns one interception had about 70 passing yards pretty solid pretty decent but i think we're just looking for more in terms of just a four quarter consistency now let me be the first to say shut my mouth a little bit on the giants defense 
I thought like at times they didn't bring a lot of pressure, but as you said on the last pod that I think I disagreed with their secondary played pretty well in this game. I don't think we were going to be, you know, putting up 35, 40 points on them. Would I have liked to get to 24, 27? That would have been great, but I thought they, they shown themselves to be pretty decent. Now, is this giants team very good? No, not really. And with the talent that they lost throughout the game, Mitch Trubisky over four quarters, what else could you point to in his game right now that he needs to do other than consistency and play a full ball game? I keep coming back to fundamentals because I, I saw some throws early on where I, I believe he, he threw a ball in the first quarter that was incomplete. I think it was to Anthony Miller that he threw off of his back foot and it was, it was poorly, it was a perfectly thrown ball but it was bad fundamentals and bad technique. And I suppose this is also consistency, but it attributes to it. Even when he threw a good ball, he did it the wrong way. And so we just want to see those fundamentals practiced over and over and over and over again. You notice that a lot of his balls are ducks. Even balls that are being caught and thrown well are not tight spirals and I'm no throwing expert. I don't understand a lot of the mechanics of it, so I won't pretend that I can sit here and, and break that down for you. But it's just something that you notice. Even when they are making nice plays, he throws an ugly ball. And I don't know if that's just something in the mechanics, something that he's not doing, but that is something that concerns me. It's something that I noticed last year. So whatever mechanics are going on, I think it still is persisting. The other thing that I've noticed as well is Whenever he has to put touch on the football or put a little air under it, I feel like that's when his mechanics break down too as well, and that's when you get all those back foot throws. Again, not a quarterback wizard, but I think you still want to be balanced on your feet and have a sense of a follow-through or a transfer of that weight, and you're applying the touch through the mechanics of your throw where it feels like he throws off of his back foot. Sometimes that puts a little too much air under it. You know, that Demetrius Harris pass, I feel like you just put a little bit too much on it, and I feel like that that's when it breaks down, when the nuance throws. When he grips it and rips it, I'm with you. You know, he can actually complete a pass. The spiral isn't perfect, but also I see it break down a little bit when he has to put, you know, different speeds on him. He's got to throw the change up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think there's something to that. He's one of these quarterbacks that seems to at times just throw the ball and he'll, he'll amaze you with the ball that he's able to throw into a tight window and you might be scared to death that the fact that he's throwing it, but then it's when he's maybe rolling out or trying to make that touch pass or doing something a little bit with a little bit more finesse that he doesn't seem to have all the nuance that it takes to, to execute some of those easier passes or not easier passes, but different types of passes. And through the first two games, the way that Nagy's been play calling, I think he has the offense and the weapons to be a successful unit. It's really about him continuing to execute and we're winning games right now and the hope is that you just have your fingers crossed that this is just something that the bears are building upon and not something that the bears are before we get to the defense i do want to talk about david montgomery real quick because for a guy that fell on his head literally and was able to come back and play thank goodness he passed concussion protocol and was healthy him in the fourth quarter was the X factor. He was unbelievable. I believe he ripped off two straight 10-plus yard runs. They had a situation where they had a chop block that brought, it, brought the ball back to, I believe, first and 25. He ripped off a 23-yard run. David Montgomery looked fierce. I know a lot of the offensive line has a lot to do with it, but just talk about the type of game that he had, and that has got to make you feel good as a Bears fan moving forward. 
Well, first, I want to say to all the kids that want to be running backs, first advice, do not jump at the line of scrimmage. It's terrifying. It does not end up well. If you saw the way that David Montgomery came down on the top of his head, that, right, friends, that is why we don't jump at the line of scrimmage. But that being said, he came back. He ran incredibly well. He does such a great job of making one cut and go. He reads these zone blocks so very well. I love watching him get in behind this offensive line who is doing a great job of, of executing their blocks, getting guys reached at the second level, making one quick cut and slithering through a hole that seems to be almost non-existent, but then going there at full speed and lowering his shoulder. He runs violently. He runs with great pad level. You know, it's not a it's not a ton of juking and, and avoiding people. It's just going straight ahead, and I love the physicality he runs with. And in those fourth quarters, seal the game when they needed to just go out there and execute and get first downs and run the clock. They could rely on David Montgomery, which was awesome because I feel like so often that's what the Bears are looking for is just someone to rely on that they know that can go out there and just get the job done and that way and for a lot of teams that's relying on the arm of a quarterback well right now that looked like david montgomery today it was so great to see him in open space we did not see that a lot last year we all knew that the talent and potential was there but now that we got a chance to finally see it and i don't know he's as sure of a bet of two or three yards after contact out of a, you know a handful of running backs in the nfl i can probably name two or three more but i would put him right up there that you know if he catches the ball or if he has the ball you know, he goes for eight yards, need two yards for the first down. He's going to get it and he's going to make people pay and he punishes them. And with that physicality that you're talking about, that is Chicago Bears football. And I'm starting to like it a whole lot. Just gosh, just stay healthy. And I think he needs more touches moving forward. Yeah. And while we're talking about the physicality in the run game, I got to mention Cordero Patterson because I was, I was very wrong. And I want to go ahead and be on the record saying that I did not expect him to have this sort of role and the rushing attack. Granted, there are things about what he's doing and his role in the offense that I think need to be critiqued and cleaned up a little bit, but just his general role as basically being a running back. I mean, there, he should just go ahead and change his number. He's not, he's not a receiver anymore. Have we seen him line up outside at all? Yeah. We got to scrape the sides of the eights and just turn it into like a, <laughs> turn it into a two or turn it into a three somehow. I don't know if I've seen, it'd be interesting to track how many routes that he's ran. Yeah, he's a guy that you have to account for. You know, defenders know when he's on the field. Didn't like to see him, you know, I think they might have to do more with inexperience than it does with toughness, as people will say. He didn't make that cut up the field on one of the plays. Right, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk about is he runs, he's a physical runner as well. I kind of thought he'd be more of a dancer, you know, being a guy who's elusive, but being a big physical, he's a big physical running back, I guess, now that we're calling him that. He definitely does have some wide receiver tendencies. We saw that on the outside run where you wish he would just put his foot in the ground and cut up and get vertical, and maybe he gets hit at the line of scrimmage, but he doesn't lose a yard. That's the kind of thing that David Montgomery would run through and gain two yards. I think uh, Patterson ended up losing a yard on that. So, you know, there are some stuff. It's not perfect by any means, but he definitely has been impressive, and the dynamic uh, element that he adds to this offense is just has just been awesome to see in this running attack all three of them in in their own ways and their different capacities has been awesome to see and, and i'm very impressed by what we've seen from patterson thus far it's working and it's becoming a fun game of you know who's going to pop which week i do think Tariq cohen at some point is going to have 
those games and those moments where he's going to be able to break loose too as well. And that's all part of it. And it's working right now. And you got to keep rolling with it. Cordero Patterson for me, he's just a kick returner from the backfield, right? And he gets to top speed super quick. He's got a great first step. And, and I'm with you again, kick returner tendency, maybe try and get to the outside and cut up the sideline when you need to just turn up. We also got to talk about real quick, fourth and one, can't kick a field goal. Bring the team back out there. Mitch Trubisky drops back. The defensive line, they've been reading his eyes for about a quarter now. They've been getting their hands up. Ball batted down, and it just lofts right into – it just pops right in the air and just hops right into the hands of Robert Massey with the game-saving first down. That had to feel sweet, Cameron. Were you just – did you get shivers? Were you starting to have fantasies? That's a good one. You know, seeing Big Bobby catch that ball – and then immediately dive to the ground as if to say, holy hell, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> you didn't think he was going to turn up? <laughs> I really thought he might. You know, he's a big athletic dude, you know, 6'7", 315, let the man run. You got to have a little luck along the way, and we're definitely 2-0, and and I don't think any Bears fan says that we're not there without a little luck. That was another little dash right there. And our O-linemen helping out in different ways, it was really cool to see. That was the bearsiest thing I've ever seen, to, to be 2-0 and and convert a fourth down on a ball batted down that ended up in the hands of our right tackle, and he dove forward two yards for the first down. The only thing more bears would be if they had handed Keith Tractor Trailer an end around, and he took it to the house for like 65 yards. That would be the only more bear thing that could possibly happen, but huge play, right? I mean, it's sort of, I think it's lost in all the stuff that we're frustrated and excited about all at the same time, but that was a huge play right there for him to come down with it. He's got one reception, Cameron, one career reception. More catches today than Anthony Miller, wasn't it? Oh, shots fired. Anthony Miller, yeah, what did you see from that situation? I'll be honest with you, a couple throws I thought were good Trubisky throws. I thought a couple really had no service of even being headed Anthony Miller's way. He didn't really have a chance, but he seemed pretty blanketed today and did not really factor a big time in the game plan. What did you think about that? I think that there was – I believe he had one drop or a couple of drops that you know were tough – Tough balls, but still you expect him to come down with, especially you know after the showing that he had week one. I do think this giant secondary was better than we may have given him credit for, and so the coverage may have had a lot to do with it, but I think that there was a lot of emphasis put on stop, stopping this guy this week and stopping Anthony Miller and stopping Allen Robinson, and I think the Giants did a pretty good job of that. You know, when they go out and, and put all of their, you know, their emphasis on saying, hey, these guys aren't going to be the ones to beat us, and I would say that they did a pretty good job of executing that plan. Let's roll it over to the defense. If you're not catching the game and you're just listening to the pod, thank you for listening. But if you're just looking at the box score, you look, oh, okay. Akeem Hicks, one sack. Robert Quinn, one sack, forced fumble. Khalil Mack, one sack. Fumble recovery, 13 points allowed. Bears defense did all right. But Cameron, if you could give this defense a grade for week two, let's just start there. What would you give it? after this performance against the Giants? I'm going to give him a B plus. I think that we saw a lot of guys coming out and making the plays that we expect them to make. Obviously, there's always opportunities to get better. But I think ultimately, we saw the impact that Robert Quinn's going to make, the way he makes this entire defense look better. I felt like the pass rush was more effectively across the entire front, and I think he had a, large, a lot to do with that. I think he had the strip sack on like his first or second play in a Bears uniform, which is – 
never a bad sign. So you got to be excited about that. Obviously, you know the the pick six was uh, from Eddie or Eddie Jackson, which was actually a penalty. But you know, going out there and still even in those moments, you, you hate to see them committing a penalty, and obviously it's worth nothing. But you just see sort of the big play possibilities and all of that. But obviously, we want to be able to do that sort of stuff without the penalties being com- uh, committed and created. But I thought Kyle Fuller played really well. I thought Jalen Johnson played pretty well. This team uh, was a little depleted on the on the offensive side of the ball, and in the first half, I think you saw that. Second half, they got loose a little bit and were able to make some plays. But overall, I think they played pretty well. And thirteen points, thirteen points uh, from a team that does have some offensive weapons, I, I think is is an acceptable amount. They could, of course, be better, but I'm going to give them a B plus. I will say in that first quarter specifically, that Chicago Bears defense looked like the defense that we had been clamoring to see all along. I thought that they were flying around the football. They were hitting hard. I thought that they were juiced up. I thought they were pissed off. And you mentioned it with the Robert Quinn, you know, sack, uh, strip fumble, you know, Khalil Mack gets it. We were getting turnovers in different ways. We mentioned that as one of the keys in the last pod. You know, cliche, but still in this game with two inexperienced quarterbacks, we were lucky to come out of this game with a win, you know, tied 2-2 with turnovers. We were winning that battle most of the game. Deion Bush makes a really nice play. And the Eddie Jackson thing, which I think we'll get to in a second. But I talked to my doctor after the game, and he advised me that I have to give them a B-. minus. I want to give them a B, but my doctor said I have to give them a B-, because seriously, are we going to do this every single week where a team is in the red zone, and we're literally just counting the plays, and they've got seven guys in the end zone protecting a lead hoping you know, hoping and praying that we can just get out of this thing with the W. Look, it's been a thing that we've seen the last couple seasons. You know, the Bears do give up 95-yard drives like it's nobody's business. I just felt like they were able to pick us apart at times in shorter yardage situations. I thought the middle of the field looked a little soft today. They were able to kind of hit us there in that area. And Danny Trevathan at times looked kind of slow on a lot of different plays and passes. What did you see from Danny Trevathan, you know, the linebackers? And they were able to kind of you know, chop us up at times um, in the second half. Danny has looked slow each of the last two weeks. He just doesn't seem to have that ability to fly around and react to make plays that we've sort of become accustomed to with him. And obviously he's a big part of that defense. He's, a big, he's one of the guys that makes everything work. So that's, not, that's never really a good sign. Obviously, the Bears do have some some younger talent and, and Roquan, and, and he's able to, to make some stuff happen. But I do think that they do seem to be a step slow in reacting and, and making things happen, which did allow a lot of those big plays in the second half. And like you said, sort of attacking the middle of the field. Obviously, that's where these guys are playing. So that that, to me, is a little bit concerning. Let's talk about that pick six that wasn't. A lot of Bears fans out there probably have a lot of different opinions on it, but just set the record straight. You know, was that a penalty? It was millimeters, right? I mean, I can make a very compelling case that he did arrive when the ball arrived as well, but a lot of people see it a different way where you do have to give the receiver a chance to catch the football. But Eddie Jackson was sniffing that one out. What did you see on that call? Did they make the right call? They definitely made the right call, and it's very visible when you watch it in slow motion and on the replay. But let's not take away anything from away anything from Eddie. Obviously, it's a penalty. He's got to be smarter than that. He's got to be better than that. That's why he's the highest paid safety in the league. That being said, great instincts, great read, great I, great knowing where the ball's going, and 
um, being able to to go and make and break up a pass, if you will. Obviously, we want we want to avoid that penalty at all costs. But you know, it's a good read, and he's a physical player, and I love the way that he was squaring guys up all game. He hits he hits guys and tackles guys very clean. It's it's a lot of teach tape. He's fun to watch. So I'm not going to beat him up too much for the penalty because we count on Eddie Jackson to make big plays and make exciting plays. And like Gerald Maya Washburn used to say to me, it's the cost of doing business. And sometimes you're going to commit a couple penalties in, in the process of making the big play. So, you know, if, if that means that we're going to be in better position when it comes opportunity to make another pick six, so be it. We'll take one here and there. And yeah, maybe one time, you're right on time, and then the next time you're a dollar short. And it was certainly a very exciting play. Would have secured my 24-13 call of a final score, too, as well, which I was so personally and egotistically sad about. I just like the fact that they're causing turnovers and have the propensity to make big plays. Not to get too far into the future, but we do play a Falcons team next week that is pretty explosive offensively. Just looking at this defense moving forward, what would you like to see them improve the most at do you think it's just making incremental progress do you also think maybe that the offense in the second half didn't do them any favors because again another situation where 95 yard drives can gas a defense come back the offense doesn't really move the ball the way you need to they're right back there out there on the field what would you like to see from the bears defense moving forward well i do want to start by saying the offense certainly did not do any favors in the second half but that being said i I think that we saw the defensive line take great strides in this game, and I think that we've seen the secondary play pretty well each of the the first two games. The linebacking core has been the part that has been the most concerning to me. I don't know if there's a, a replacement, and, I, and I'm not ready to write off Danny Trevathan, but he just doesn't look right. He looks like an old hobbled horse out there a little bit. And so I don't know if there might be the realignment of guys, if maybe Roquan Smith needs to play in a in a larger capacity compared to in Danny Trevathan's role or something, but they've got to do some sort of realignment of this defense and get that linebacking core in position to, you know, cover cover a lot more, I guess, if you will, because they, they do seem to be creating a lot of holes in that second level. Could that mean more nickel defense? Could that mean more buster screen? Could that also mean maybe more versatility in your blitz packages because you have more speed on the field? Yeah, I definitely like the idea of seeing more buster screen out there if they do decide to go more nickel stuff. Um, he's obviously been someone that's been strong in that nickel role, and if that means that they got to go out there and, and I suppose be better to stop in more pass coverage, so be a, I, I, they just have to find whatever it may be to – compensate for an i guess an aging an aging player if you will and uh, and i think this might be something that we deal with all season this is the oldest defense in the nfl and they've got a lot of great players but you know through two weeks uh, a very important piece of their defense does not seem to be you know holding up like we kind of expected them to cairo carlos santos are you concerned are you just numb to it at this point is it just this is Bears football? Our field goal kickers can't give us nice things, and anything from forty-five yards and out, just forget about it. Yeah, I guess I would say I'm numb to it. I don't, I don't expect that to go in. You know what I mean? At, oh. at this point, at this point, it feels more like anything from outside of forty-five is like, oh, cool, like a plus. I didn't expect that. You know, for a lot of teams, those forty-five, fifty-yarders, they expect to make them. 
at a much higher percentage for the Bears, it's like, oh, cool. Had no idea we could do that. We'll take it, though. Meanwhile, Harrison Butker on the Chiefs uh, boots a 54-yarder, off a false start, backs it up to a 58-yarder, hits it, calls timeout, kicks another 58-yarder, ball game. So it does exist out there, Bears fans. It, it, it sounds like a Moby Dick. It sounds like a unicorn-style thing, but there are kickers out there that can kick from distances uh, beyond 45 yards. I guess we're not going to extend AR. Let's go buy a kicker. Reallocate this money and go get a kicker that we can count on. Are you talking about like getting messy? Are you like Cristiano Ronaldo? Are you? We can't afford those guys. The Bears cannot afford those guys. But there's got to be some, you know, some kicker. Maybe in the MLS. I don't know. I don't know anything about soccer. David Beckham, come on, come on down. See what's left in the old leg. See what juice is left. I want to ask you, what would you say? to Bears fans right now that are upset today? Because let's be real, I think that there are a lot of Bears fans that may be more upset than they should be happy. What would you say to those Bears fans today in a broad broad picture? Sit down, take a look at this team, evaluate, and say, hey, we're 2-0, which is good, and and be happy about that because there's definitely a universe where they're 0-2. We can see that. That's not hard to hard to picture and hard to imagine. But at the same time, also understand that there is a lot that can be improved upon. There are a lot of things that this team could do better. But I think they're on the verge uh, of doing that. So we're, we're going to come away from this 2-0 and and learn our lessons and improve upon these certain things. Keep in mind, there were no preseason games. There were no There was limited scrimmages. This team is only going to get better, I have to assume. This offense is only going to gel more. Mitchell Trubisky is only going to get more consistent, I hope. And I, I think this offense that this offense has room to grow. This defense has room to grow. And I think they're going to be in a better place. They've had two games that weren't against the toughest opponents in the league to sort of get the ball rolling. But they are 2-0. and They're 2-0 and at this point. So take that, learn, and, and come better prepared for for week three but they can be i think we could beat the falcons too i really do thankfully it was a tcb situation and we are two and oh and i'm really glad that you said that because i want to believe that as well there are a lot of positive things that i think we can get better at moving forward our schedule is going to get tougher obviously the tale of the tape will be told in the future but right now Teams that are 6-10 and 10 and 7-9 and nine and, dare I even say, 8-8 eight and eight, lose at least one of those games and probably two of those games. And I just remember all the years of those San Diego Chargers teams starting 1-4, and four, and then a month later they're 6-5, and five, and everyone goes, here comes those Chargers, but they've had to work so hard to get back into contention. By the time they got rolling, they didn't have the luxury of picking up a couple of those wins early on in the season. So be happy, Bears fans, that – if we do get better and start playing better football, and I'm with you, I think that's a great point about, I forget the no preseason. I forget the limited practices. I mean, it's going to maybe look a little sloppy at times, maybe even from your quarterback. And hopefully if he can take those steps moving forward, we're in a position now we're in game decisions and the way we're playing football, we're in a position to win games and we've held leads for large portions of these games. And I think that's something that we can build upon and we're 2-0, and and we should be happy about that because that's the stuff that it takes to get to the playoffs, winning these games. And I, I just want to point out how difficult it is to win football games. I'm not breaking any news here. but Ask the Cowboys. Or ask the Falcons it's, today. 
now it's very it's very difficult to win football games and i've been a part of teams that have been in good positions you know if you watch nfl games for the most part every game is close that's why the lines and the spreads that they're 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 tight you know it's not like college football that's because these are all professionals these are tough teams but there's a difference between the good teams and the bad teams the bears very easily could have lost either of these last two games i know i've already said that but a team that's got that culture and has that understanding of how to win these games teams that can pull those off are the teams that end up making the playoffs you know there are plenty of teams who are may have been in the exact same position that the bears were in these first two weeks that just end up 0 and 2 oftentimes that happens like that when i was on the bears in 2017 we played a lot of close games we only won five games but we were in every single one but there's a difference between teams that find a way to win and find a way to lose and granted like i've said the giants were not a super strong opponent the lions certainly were not a super strong opponent but it's the nfl and finding ways to win games that's the name of it Good call on the Foxy days because a lot of people forget about it right away. Didn't win a lot of football games, but every one of those games was pulse pounding, often heart wrenching, but a competitive, solid effort every single time with a fourth quarter with crucial plays with the game on the line. I will say things could be worse. You could be the Vikings right now. Shots fired. But no, seriously, the Lions, we'll see what happens with the Lions. I don't think that they're very good. They might just be the Lions again this year, but the Vikings are a team that have high hopes about competing for a playoff spot. And the way that they've come out in these first two games, especially today, they could still get it back together. They can still be competitive this season, but will they look back on these early games that they've blown and the eight ball that they're behind and they're chasing something that may be too hard, maybe become too hard to overcome. Maybe we can get out of here on this Tariq Cohen contract extension, not the Chicago offensive bear that we thought was going to be getting paid this week just quick thoughts and reactions on locking uh Tariq Cohen up for the next three years I think it's a good move he's been effective throughout these first couple weeks he hasn't been the primary guy but you know he's a, he's definitely an offensive weapon he's a contributor in special teams and he's an important part of that culture I think that the as many weapons as the bears can secure the better off they're going to be I think that they might be trying to take some of that Kansas City Chiefs mindset where they just have as many weapons as possible, guys that can do a lot of things, and they're going to try and keep them all around. So if a guy like Tariq Cohen, yeah, he's he's definitely a guy that can contribute in a lot of ways. I, he's a guy that I, I don't think that they're going to be in hurting over that contract down the road. So go ahead, pay him, lock him up, because he's definitely a useful weapon on the offensive side in the special teams game. That's an interesting point with – the Chiefs mindset and the way that they structured their offense with maybe what the Bears are trying to do, where it's quantity with quality. And we saw that in the draft with Cole Komet. And we saw it today with Darnell Mooney, your boy, flashing again out there on the field. And I like the Tariq Cohen move. What it does is it sort of takes them takes him off the market for next year. So if he had a great year this season, he couldn't price himself out, out of us keeping him. And a three-year deal, he gets a little bit of a raise, and also it matches up, I think, fairly perfectly with David Montgomery's clock in terms of when he needs to get paid. So they'll have a decision on their running back room in the next couple of years. I just hope that it, this all includes Allen Robinson, too, as well, not to get back into the rabbit hole we were in earlier this week. But I definitely thought Robinson was going to be the guy, the next guy to get his name called, and it looks like he's still in line. you got to keep waiting. got to keep waiting this thing out. 
And speaking of Darnell Mooney, I kind of liked what I saw from our rookies today. They didn't do too much, but I saw Jalen Johnson deflecting passes. I saw Cole Komet pick up his first NFL reception, and Darnell Mooney again making plays and found one play in the end zone for his first NFL touchdown. It was cool to see. It was awesome to see. It's good to see that this group of you know, young Bears players have that they went out and they drafted and, and made a priority of, of getting these explosive players that they're going out there and making an impact early on. A lot of times that those players don't click so fast. And like we mentioned, kind of that Chiefs mindset where they want to go out there and collect these offensive weapons and guys that can contribute in different ways. I think it's been good that we've seen guys that, you know, they may not be scoring touchdowns in massive quantity right now, but guys that could just go out there and, and take pressure off of Allen Robinson or Anthony Miller or Jimmy Graham. All these guys contribute, and I think it's great. Week two, Bears hang on to beat the Giants 17-13. to They are now tied in the NFC North of the Green Bay Packers at a 2-0 record. It feels good, Cameron. Great podcast today. Take us home before we come back later this week to preview Bears-Falcons week three. You've been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Please make sure that you continue to subscribe to it. Tell all your friends, Grandma, for Joey Christopoulos. I'm Cameron Lee, and we appreciate you guys watching. Remember to bear down. You have been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.